Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 296 of the Weird Science DC Comics podcast. I am your host, Jim, and this is a spotlight episode. Now, if you are wondering why is the spotlight episode coming out Sunday night, what happened to episode 295? You know, there's a lot of questions to be asked. The answer is that this week ends up being our annuals week that we end up having our main podcast as a Patreon-only show. If you want to go and listen to episode 295, that was four and a half hours long, I might add, and also included reviews of Batman Justice League, the Green Lantern 80th Anniversary, Batman Beyond, Flash, Suicide Squad, Aquaman, and Teen Titans, you will have to go over and go to our Patreon and subscribe to that. If you don't want to do that, then you can wait until next week, where even though DC does not have any books coming out this week, except a digital Supergirl number 42 to end her run, we will have a podcast that will include Justice League Dark, Red Hood and the Outlaws, Batgirl, Supergirl, and maybe Harley Birds of Prey. So we'll see how all that goes. So we will end up having an episode next week. But if you want to get the big books, like I said, some of them being, you know, Batman, Green Lantern, 80th anniversary, Flash, stuff like that, you would have to go over the Patreon. That is an exclusive show that is there four and a half hours, as I said. Uh, but if you want to know where else you can find us all around, and I'm going to be talking about two books tonight, two digital books. We'll be getting into that in a minute. It's kind of like we end up, you know, Flipping stuff, it's like Belle Biv DeVoe once sang in Doomy, we're going to smack it up, flip it, and rub it down. It's how we're going to get to this episode. You know, Belle Biv DeVoe always knows exactly what to say in every situation. But if you go and want to find us on the internets, go over to Twitter. And we are Weird Science DC. We have a website, weirdsciencedccomics.com, where we do most of the reviews each and every week. We also have a YouTube channel where I do videos, not do me like Belle Bib DeVoe, but I do videos. And I end up having that at Weird Science Comics. You can search that. Also, all these will be in the show notes. And again, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash weird science where you can go and listen to the big show this week but also get a bunch of other shows as well uh, you know each level has more and more shows i'm going to go off after i'm done this and do a couple of those shows i'm going to be doing a denny o'neill tribute episode for both a marvel book and a dc book uh and those were picked by the bad butts of the get fresh and fresh start crew beep boop but I'll get into this episode right now. And the two books I'm going to talk about are digital books. One, something that came out out of nowhere. I didn't really hear much about it beforehand. That is Harley Quinn, Black, White, and Red, chapter number one. And then the other book is going to be a funny deal because it's Ghosts, number one. And it is a Spectre story by Dan Jurgens. And I would never have thought that I'd have a Spectre Twice in a week because we ended up finishing the Justice League in that Patreon only episode with the Spectre. Not a great ending. If you go and listen to that, you'll hear that we thought that was a little lackluster. But this digital only, and I'm a huge fan of the digital books, I kind of like it. You end up getting these digital books, and I ended up seeing somebody on Twitter say at one point that they don't like the digital only books 
because they don't seem to be important. They don't seem as big. And the thing is, sometimes I think that's the charm of them. And so that's kind of what I do like about them. But we'll be going into these two. I'm going to start with Harley Quinn, black, white and red. Number one sounds like the joke. What's black and white and red all over? Harley Quinn, of course. But before we end up going into it, let me read the press release about what this series is all about. It's going to be 14 chapters, so we got a long bit. It seems that's where they go with it, because if I'm not mistaken, the deceased Hope at World's End, I think that's 14 chapters as well. So that must mean that that's the magic number, though I thought three was the magic number when I used to listen to all those schoolhouse rock things, but I guess that was wrong. Uh, But Harley Quinn Black, White, and Red is... DC Comics revealed a new series starring Harley Quinn titled Harley Quinn Black, White, and Red. The miniseries gives the breakout hit character. Uh, is this like, you know, 2010 called? <laughs> they want their phrasing back? I don't know that she's now the breakout hit She's just, she is a hit character. Hit character that a lot of people seem to be sick of, but still. Uh, an artist-driven black and white treatment. So you end up having the Batman Black and White. Most people would be aware that that is a book. It's pretty cool. And so this is a little twist because it says an added twist that decks every story in Quinn's color scheme. Well, that's just adding red. There you go. And that's where you get the title, the Black, White, and Red. And it's a cool enough thing. And this first chapter is Stepin Sedgwick, which is really cool because he ended up doing Harleen And the Black Label book and then said, well, I'm not going to be doing any more of that. I'm going to be doing non-DC things like all these things going on. And then all of a sudden you kind of get a little bonus coverage here. And I like that. But after reading this first chapter, which really doesn't do much beyond if you like Stepan Sedgwick's art. And I am a fan of Stepan Sedgwick's art. So I, I can see where, you know, you go through here and you read it. You're liking the art. You're liking the way things are going. But there's not much substance to it, and I don't know how this will work out every chapter. It's not a continuing deal. You get you know, a chapter from a creator, and then you move on. So I think that the, the craziness of that or the fear, if I was DC, if I was the editor on this, the fear would be that people will just jump in and out for their favorite artists. Now, like I said, a lot of people that I talk to on Twitter, which usually is a place of civil discussion where everybody can get along, even if they disagree, uh, everybody seems to be sick and tired of Harley. So I worry about, I'm a Harley fan. So this is more of, you know, right in my wheelhouse, but we'll end up going and we'll start this. It is Harley Quinn, Black, White, and Red, Chapter One, and it's Harleen Red is the name of this chapter, and story and art by Stepan Sedgwick, letters by Gabriella Downey, uh, editor Andy Corey. So there is where, if I was Andy, I'd sit there and say, hey, I don't really like my name because I'm not a big fan of the name Andy. So I would say that <laughs> I'm not a big fan of the name Jim either. So I'd, he'd probably say that. But I'd say, yeah, I, I hope that people will jump onto this even if they're not huge fans of each of the creators. But you end up with a story where Harley is in Arkham. She has a doctor that is showing her cards, cards that have colors. And the whole idea of this is a color therapy, a variation on the Lucia color test. And again, I like when a writer can remember that Harley is not dumb. 
Harley might be a little cuckoo. She's not dumb. She's also obviously been a psychiatrist, so she knows these things, and she does here. So it's it's funny, and she even says, this seems pointless, and then even says to the doctor, you know, what are you going to do? You're going to end up figuring out what color is the softer side of Harley and then paint my cell with that so I can sit there and, and you know, be calm and collected. Well, it, there is more to that. They end up trying to get some information from her and they're really throwing this color red at her like hey you know well we could do all that but yeah harley we know you're smart we remember you're a doctor but what does red mean to you tell us the story about red and she's like well i mean red could be the color of the joker's lips my color of my lipstick the blood under my fingernail like going through the whole deal of her and it's it's well done enough i do like the art and but it's there's nothing new here there's nothing that you're gonna say oh my god you need to read this harley story basically you're gonna say to people hey you like step and cedric with that harley you should check this out it's only 99 cents and that's usually the big thing by the end of these hey it's only 99 cents so you end up going and, you know, red's the color of my sin. It's the color of my art. It's the color of blood splatter on my glasses. It's the color, you know, all these things that she is just going through playing the doctor even because she's trying to show like, oh, well, reds just makes her crazy. These are all the things that made her crazy and then kept her crazy. All these things because the doctor does go off to, you know, Arkham, Jeremiah Arkham. And it's like, yeah, uh. It looks like there's nothing useful about this, nothing about Red. And he's like, okay, well, Red, this is weird because I can't afford another breakout. And this is the whole deal is Harley is in Arkham. He cannot have another break. And it's true. He's like, I'm the laughing stock of the city. The city is a piece of crap cesspool, but we're the laughing stock. I would wonder at one point is, don't worry about being the laughing stock. Worry about your funding. Worry about when they decide to come in and say, you know, something's wrong here. Now, again, you are dealing with a mental hospital that sometimes, in, in my mind, has people that aren't even mentally, you know, have any problems. They're just thrown in there. When you get Penguin, get in trouble because he's running some, you know, underworld boss scheme. That's not necessarily an Arkham that they seem to throw them in anyway and plus you got super powered things and, and all that going on there's a lot more on the books there at arkham than just you know giving some people some therapy and trying to get the criminally insane back you know at least a little more sane. so you end up with this uh, he's talking about this and even this leia this doctor says well maybe we should call in the batmans and he's like i'm not calling in that vigilante he should be here and there is a couple good little lines where he does say to the doctor, what are you talking about? That Batman should be locked up in one of my cells. And then she's like, you mean rooms? Irrelevant. You know, because that's what it kind of is. And says, you know, I've endured so much nonsense here. We end up having death, escapes, that whole Hugo Strange business, all that stuff. And it kind of does poke a little fun. At the whole idea that Arkham is a like Damien is even saying a lot in the Teen Titans why he's going over the top a lot of times because these where Batman puts people they just get out it's a revolving door just like every other prison and stuff like that well we do see that when Harley sits there she just yells as she's sitting there this is why they asked her about the red because she sits down she's like red you promised I can't take anymore like she has some sort of deal 
And she is legitimately yelling for Poison Ivy. Now, it's funny because you would think Poison Ivy, that would mean, you know, green or whatever. But it is the color of her hair. It's kind of like the Beatles song. Yes, it is. If you know that song. But yeah, you end up having the wall break open. You end up a rose comes in. Harley gets it like, all right. And then red is the color of her hair. And you end up having Poison Ivy. Come on, let's go, you idiot. We're escaping. And they end up leaving. And, and that's pretty much it. That's the whole deal. You do end up seeing that, you know, Arkham now has another breakout. You know, they are the joke. But yeah, at the end, the, the art looks great. If And again, it's one of those, if you like Stepan Sedgwick's art, because some people don't like his Joker, I've been told, but you only get a little of that. But I love his Poison Ivy, and I love just the whole idea. Harley looks great as well. But overall, you really don't get a story. This is more, in my mind, a showcase of the art, throwing a little story there. And if this is what you'll get every time these chapters come out. I don't know that I would end up buying everyone. I think that I am in that boat that I'd be afraid of. I may end up grabbing one that has somebody who I actually really like, some artist, some writer, whatever the case may be, that I would jump on. But this is good enough. And also it ends with Finn, which I always love. That's when you fancy. You find out at the end a 99-cent comic you actually can read with your pinky up when it says Finn at the end. Overall, I'll give it a 6.5. Maybe a seven, somewhere around there. Like I said, it, for what it is, the showcase of the art, good. There's just not much to it. But I'm going to move on to a book that's a little more meatier, uh, and that is Ghosts Number One. And Ghost Number One is written by Dan Jurgens with art by Scott Eaton, Wayne Foucher, Hi-Fi, and Travis Lanham. This is a Spectre story. Uh, you know, like I said, crazy. Or talking about two Spectre stories in a week. I like this better than what we got in the Justice League this week. And this is the first issue of this ghost. It, it kind of intrigued me. I thought that the Carrie Andrews cover was really neat. You see this? So I'm like, okay, let me check this out. And what you get here is, again, what you usually get from these digital titles, that they're not going to be mind benders. They're, they're not going to be anything that's going to you know, end up changing the world here. But you come in, learn about the character, and then get out with some fun, some good story, some twists, things like that. And then I'm satisfied. They're only 99 cents, so you really don't need that much. And I think that this does a good job. You end up having Dan Jurgens using Jim Corrigan's detective abilities, but then having the Spectre have to be used by the end in a story that would be very, very comfortable in a Twilight Zone episode would be very comfortable in things and and why it kind of tickles my fancy, you know, is because I actually really like old time radio, not necessarily a big suspense or thriller fan, but it does feel like that. And it kind of does, like I said, it tickles my fancy a little. And what you end up having is Jim Corrigan looking into a woman who seems to have jumped to her death, fallen to her death, old lady looks like a hundred when it seems like she should have only have been 25 and so you end up where right away you have and it's it's a stormy night in gotham as it always is and so when you're you're doing all these things with this you end up with the idea okay right away there's something off 
something maybe supernatural. And hey, that's when you need the specter. That's when the specter shows up. And I really like when Jim Corrigan shows up to see what's going on and he wants to check out the body, he wants to check out some of the evidence. And you do have Jim Corrigan there. He's in his London Fog jacket, but you see the vision of the specter behind looking and he's all grim as he is. He's not a very fun guy, the specter. I don't know if you realize that. Not great at picnics. And so he looks and that's where you get the deal like, Okay, she looks like 100 years old, but should have been 25, and Adriana Brackens, and Jim Corrigan says something weird here. So he does go up and knocks on her apartment door. Nobody answers, so he goes in, and again, this is where a 100-year-old woman was living and then jumped off a balcony to her death. And he goes in and everything in the apartment seems like it would be set up for a younger girl, a younger guy, whatever. There's weights. They, you know, you have a little wine there. And, and you know, I, I laugh, too, because it's like, yeah, there, there's a laptop, a hundred year old lady. She won't know what's going on. Right. She ain't on the Instagrams. But, yeah, so he's he's looking through this to figure out all, you know, OK, everything's weird. There's a weird aura here. It gets very supernatural quickly, but not over the top with it. It's It's not. Like, so over the top that if you're not a Spectre fan, you'll be like, I don't understand this. What he ends up doing, though, again, and I like the detective work, he goes on her laptop, ends up looking at her calendar, and it points that she was going to go or did go to an antique store to pick up a clock for her Uncle Terry. And there is a picture of the owner. He goes and goes online. It's Dramaggio's Antiques, Gotham's finest antique store, established in 1822. And he goes online, sees the owner. It's an older guy. And, okay, I'm going to go check in on that. He goes to the antique store, knocks, and the person answers saying that they're the Ivan Dramaggio's son and hey yeah come on in you know kind of pissed off that it's you know the bad hour to come we're closed well I need to come in I got to figure out because this woman this Adriana Bracken she came in and got a clock and you end up having the supposed son say oh yeah yeah she returned it said it didn't work uh and you know and that's where you have the Jim Corrigan I'll be the judge of that can I take that to you know can i take this downtown can i see this for evidence and he's like yeah but you got to bring it back you got to do you know all this and jim corrigan just takes it back to his house he's not going downtown but he takes it back to the house and as he sets it and this is the thing too when you have these digital chapters you only have this set amount of space you can't really set up a lot of twists if you have the one twist you got to get to it you can't have this these usually and this is a one shot so you're not going to get a bunch so you end up jim corgan sets the clock down and all of a sudden it starts to go backwards but it also starts to age him and i think that the cool thing about this is i like this issue even though I kind of guess what was happening anyway. And so you want to see how it, this is going to work with the specter. How, because I just thought, well, the clock's stealing their life and probably giving it to the shop owner. And that's exactly what it is. You know, there isn't any other twist. But how does that deal with the specter? And that's the interesting thing that I think that Dan Jurgens does get to play with is, well, I can't really run with this, you know, twist. I can't really do these, you know, things too long. But the specter goes off and the specter goes to a Dramaggio's antiques again and says, hey, 
get out here, Dramaggio. I know what you're doing here. And it's kind of a cool thing where you do realize, and the Spectre realizes right away, too, that old Dramaggio, he's not the son. He's the main guy. He uses this. And when he uses this clock, somebody takes it. He ends up getting that. So the the years that are stolen from the people who have the clock go to him. But then you end up having him like, this is going to be great. I'm going to put you into the clock world. And he opens it up. And the Spectre is pretty much thrown into what is a Salvador Dali landscape. And that Dramaggio thinks this is great. Like this. And to me, it seems like, okay, well, you've been stealing life. Now you're stealing it from the Spectre. I mean, that could be the craziest thing. That you'd ever want and it is working I mean at one point it looks like Dramaggio And I thought that the twist here Was going to be that Dramaggio Was going to affect him so much he's going to be a baby He's just going to be there he'll be in Diapers and then you'll end up having the Spectre Pick him up and punt him that's what he Would do right but yeah they're They're going at each other in This whole clock Landscape but you End up having the Spectre be Able to fight back And pretty much say, you're not going to steal life from God. You know, this is something. And really, you're you're playing with fire when you're doing something with the specter that you have victims that really demand retribution. This is his thing. You're you're pretty much giving him a softball pitch there to hit a up-to-the-plate home run, as Eric Shea would call it. But yeah, so all of this is going towards the specter judging Dramaggio and you just end up like I said this is like a very quick if this would even be on say the new Twilight Zone or the old Twilight Zone I don't even know that it wouldn't have been like a 15 minute deal and you'd have two stories going because it's not very long but you get enough of what's going on because then he reverses the clock he ends up you know having the retribution and all of those years are taken from Dramaggio as we end up seeing him age 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 now he's a skeleton And he's done and then ends up saying as the specter turns it back into Jim Corrigan says that at least now the victims will live in peace while Dramaggio lives in pieces. Right. Is that that what you'd say? But yeah, so you end up with Jim Corrigan shutting the clock door and saying, you know, there it is. The dark spells are exiled and the name of the victims is rendered by the specter. Justice has been served and you get the end. And again, this isn't anything that. Is going to wow anybody, you know, full out like, oh, my God, I've never read something that great. But it is a competent story from beginning to end. You end up getting a twist. You end up getting a supernatural Twilight Zone little deal. And you end up having Jim Corrigan do some detective work. And then you have the Spectre doing some retribution work. That's all you need. You end up coming in and out. And if you don't know anything about the Spectre, I do think that there's enough here that you would be interested. I'm not a huge Spectre fan. I like this. I actually like it. And overall, I'm actually going to give it an 8.5 out of 10 because it really does accomplish what I think it has set forth to do. But I told you this would be a very, very quick episode. And that's it. That's the end of that. But again, if you want to listen to our A Big Show, as they used to say, uh, you can go over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash weird science, sign up and listen at any level gets you that. Also, just as an aside, each week on Sunday when the big show does come out, if you're a member of the Patreon, if you're part of the Get Fresh crew, beep, boom, you do also get each episode early 
about 12 hours earlier than you normally would. So you get a head start on that, but also a ton of other shows. So I'm going to go off for now. And remember, next week we get back to the normal swing of things. I will be doing a Friday spotlight show, as I usually do, and then we'll have that big show on Sunday. So thanks, everybody, and I'll talk to you later.